0: Yes, you've arrived at the Legend Podcast at DaxMyhan.com. How did I become a legendary sports figure? How does anyone become legendary? It starts with a coach. Join us as we have conversations with coaches of all ages, experience, and expertise, and find out what does it take to lead athletes to legendary status. You've done it again. We knew you would. You've listened to the podcast before, and you're back. Welcome to DaxMyHand.com. Got a story today of biblical proportions. The question I ask you, what if David, instead of slaying Goliath, became Goliath? This is the story of Berlin Brower, the coach at McCracken County. The inaugural season of McCracken County High School, they won the Region 1 Championship. Why is that a big deal? I'll tell you why. The two previous Goliaths in the region, Marshall County and Graves County, took the better part of a decade to win their region, and in fact, even over a decade. But they won it in their first season. So the question you would ask yourself is, why would McCracken, this Goliath, go after Berlin Brower? I'll tell you why. They went after a David. A David who grew up, where else? Carlisle County, the ultimate David of Kentucky High School basketball. You remember them, the Comets, the 1983 state runner-up in basketball. Berlin Brower was raised in the shadow of that team. He learned at the feet of the master, Craner Sloan, the coach of that team. We got Berlin Brower, the uh, head basketball coach at McCracken County, Uh, a longtime friend of mine. We played high school ball against each other, and so – I consider us young guys. Uh, you're 44, I would assume. Yeah. yeah, I'm 44 as well. And so do you ever think about, you know, off in the future, what your legacy will be here at McCracken County or or it, just as a coach in general, maybe not necessarily at McCracken, but do you ever think about that and, and think about how you would like to be remembered as
1: yeah. a coach? Well, one thing, when we had the success we had last year, right then was a the time. There, there are certain times to do things and there's certain times not. And there's, I guess, strike when the fire's hot or whatever that old saying is. We knew right then we could either create a good program or one just based on winning because people are going to give you some lead weight mm-hmm. when you're winning. We decided we feel like we could be more like Duke. Mm-hmm. and I, I'm not a Duke fan. I'm <laughs> not yeah. a Kentucky fan. Sorry, but to be in general, we need those type of kids. We, we need that kid It's a 3.0, 3.5 grade point average. John Calipari is not coming to McCracken County. I've looked up and down our program. There's nobody here. There's not a 6'11 point guard. There's not a 6'7 point guard. But I do have potential of kids to have a 30 on the ACT, a solid basketball player that I could get signed at Transylvania, uh, Belmont, or even a place – and Belmont's still high on the list. Now, that kid is now going to a school that's got – Great people around him. You've got to have a 25 to even get your application in. <laughs> yeah. So you're around good people that make good grades, a really classy area. And when you walk out of there, you're going to have a good job. That's where we set our – what we want to be successful. I want these kids to be able to go on to college. We're not sending anybody the pros. We're just not going to do it. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I might have won – in 25 years, maybe, and, and I ain't, I'm not even close to anybody yet. Yeah. So I want those kids to be able to go to a really nice college. Murray State would be great too. I mean, if Murray mm-hmm. State would take one kids, I'd love to. But I don't. It doesn't even have to be Murray State. I want it to be Lindsey Wilson somewhere that these private schools. A kick and go play ball, make connections with somebody else whose parents paying thirty five thousand dollars to go to school there. Mm-hmm. He may own a huge business. Now that's your buddies. Mm-hmm. I played junior college basketball and baseball. Uh, i told somebody else i'm I me me and maybe three others on the three that may not went to jail yeah because <laughs> I mean, what happened in the late 80s i mean early 90s that's when prop 48 came out yeah. uh so if you didn't have a certain grade you had to go to juco so yeah i played basketball with some guys who could probably put their elbow on the rim they just never went to class yeah and everyone and they just they were there to play ball i want my kids to go on to a good college or a Coaches knocking on the door, wanting to know, why are you not in class where you're supposed to be? Mm-hmm. So that's how I kind of want, what I look for our program to be. I think we can be more like Duke than we could ever be like a University of Kentucky where mm-hmm. we just have super talented players. And you know what? If I got a kid to play four years of high school basketball, make good grades, go to a small college somewhere, get his degree,
0: he's better at his life, he's better at his kids' life, and his grandkids too, probably. You know, that's one thing uh, Shane Cosby and I were talking about on the way over here. We were talking about the coaches we had, and, you know, there's times we didn't like the coaches that we played for, and and I'll use Coach Hatcher as an example. There were times I really didn't like Coach Hatcher at all. (laughs) But, I, but you know, looking back, the thing I remember about him is he emphasized academics to us. We were kind of the same situation. We had a lot of really good students, a couple of valedictorians, you know, I, I pulled my weight in there too. And, and looking back, I mean, I think he did us right. You know, he did right by us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, that's the thing I remember about him is, is, you know, he made us teeth the line discipline wise. Uh, you know, and we had to be good teammates. All the things you're talking about. And we interviewed Chris Hicks the other night, uh, which, you know, is a good friend of mutual friend of ours. And, uh, one thing Chris told, said that he was most proud about is kind of what you're saying is I don't read the papers and see any of my kids in the yes. papers for bad reasons he said right. they've all are successful they have good jobs they're good contributing members of society they're good citizens you know and he said that's what i'm most proud of beyond wins and losses you know and, and i think that's a, a key thing no,
1: we did we talked about that with even my administration and our athletic director we we said you know after that first year because that first year's a blurry i mean just what's going on and we're trying to you know but we you know we had to map out where we wanted McCracken County Athletics to be, and, and that was something we talked about. We yeah. want to make certain we're putting the right kid on the floor or the field. And i would say, our first year, we had some issues with whether it be football, basketball, baseball, whatever. But I think the coaches now are in the. We're going to put. You're going to do the right thing if you're going. To, if you're going to put that uniform on, and you're going to take it away from someone else because we're going to. You're going to do the right thing. Now we may take a step back, and I, and I did. We I felt like we took a step back with our program but we did not put up with anything last year.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and you know, the common, the thread, and know we talked about it before we started, the key thing I hear from every coach we talk to are those two words. Or three words, do the right thing. I guess that's four words. Mm-hmm. But do the right thing. But you hear that, but you know, uh, that's one the thing they talk about, you know, from Doc Heide, we teach our kids to do the right thing, to play correctly and, and be a good citizen to Chris Hicks, to just everybody we talk to. That's what you hear is do the right thing. And you know, and that's one reason I think that we're ahead of the game here in Western Kentucky from a athletics versus academic standpoint is our coaches consistently are telling kids to do the right thing, and you've got friends in the coaching yes, community I, I here, it, and I think you would agree they're all in that. Uh, I'm gonna tell you I, I, one thing it I, I got aggravated when I went to state
1: tournament, and it, it was everything was going fast. So I do these interviews all the time, and coach, what are you gonna do? You got Wayne County; they they average eighty five points a game, and you only average sixty. What? How do you even hope to keep up with it? I said, well, first of all. People in Western Kentucky, these coaches don't let me do what I want to do. <laughs> I mean, we watch some game tapes, and I'm not knocking those coaches in that region or whatever else. We're sitting there, and, uh, you know, a couple of these kids are just great shooters. And I look up and they're wide open. In the third quarter, I'm like, you know, this is the third time you played this team. Why, yeah. why is this kid still wide open? I would, yeah. I would, coaches in region one don't let you do that. I mm-hmm. said, I told them, to, I said, yo, we're going to run with them. And they like, yeah. coach, they average 80 points a game, and you only average. Because nobody in Western Kentucky will let me run when yeah. I want to. They're, they're going to slow it down. They're going to make us do it. Still. The coaching in Region 1 is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Very few times you go watch a regional tournament game or a big district game, and those coaches aren't prepared to make each other team do it. So, And even after well, the Wayne County game, they just kept on about talking about that. And I just I said, look here, the bottom line is we've got good coaches in Region 1. Mm-hmm. That's just the bottom line. They will not let us do that. They don't let – Caleb Stone, cypher spots you. They don't let Cam Chummer get to that rim and mm-hmm. come off a screen. They're going to make him do something different. Some of those schools up there, they just play, I think. Yeah. And it just however it falls, it falls at the end of the game. Now, I think there are some
0: really good coaches up there, and I'm not knocking those guys. It's just a different style of play. I, you know, want to, to totally hit your point, one thing that, you know, I had two of the three highest scoring games of my career at the state tournament because I was left wide open. And to your point – I didn't get left wide open in the first region, but but we and I I really feel like a lot of areas of the state, you know, aside from the first region, they do get by on athleticism, Mm -hmm. less coaching. Not that there aren't good coaches, like you said, but I think it's more uh, they get by with their athleticism of their teams.
1: They do. They 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 are more talented, and and that's part of being a good coach too. Don't Mm. restrict a kid. I mean, if you got a kid that can flat fill it up, don't tell him not to shoot. And so they have probably kids that can do those things. So they do allow a lot more lead way with those guys. But, you know, defensively was the one thing I was just shocked at. They just kind of act like they've never seen our ball screen offense, and we got to the front of the rim all night long, and we just took it right at them. So, and like the Peyton Woods kid was an all-state player, and he's averaging 22 points a game and five threes a game. I told Jason Armstrong, don't leave him. Well, every time a kid caught the ball, six three and had a hand right in his face. Yeah. yeah, he got his shot off, but he got it off from about five steps behind the three-point line yeah. and I think took 19 shots to get 16 points. Mm-hmm. And one of the, those other shots, we were in transition going the other way. Yeah. That's where I think Region 1 kind of stands out. I think mm-hmm. we've got some really good coaches down here.
0: And, and you know, and, and I'm going to brag on you, you are a good coach. I I actually saw the um, game, the first time I got to see you coach as McCracken County coach was at Marshall that first year. Uh, I think you guys lost maybe an overtime to overtime, them. Yeah. I remember at the end of the game, you all had the ball. Or maybe it was in overtime. You had the ball, didn't didn't take it to the hole, and settled for a fall away three. And then you know you get in the regional final. I'm sitting in the stands, and I've got I had my orange on. I'm you know I've got to disclose that (laughs) I was kind of in a win win situation because you know if Marshall wins and that's great, that's my school. But if you win, and I think I sent you something text or something to congratulate you because my friend won the regional championship. I think that's awesome. But I knew at that moment. We were yeah. That you were going to go the hole, and you all went to the yeah, hole, and we, Cam hit the shot. Yeah,
1: Cam did. And, went. and that was something we talked about. We'd, we'd pulled that earlier. And, and the thing was, we won our district tournament the same. Or not, not district tournament, but the last big district game. Us and St. Mary's were tied. Who won it? Got the number one seed, and he came down to the last play. And hey, we come Cam off a ball screen. He's just attacking that front of the rim. It, they had to foul him. Mm-hmm. Well, he hits a free throw, and we end up going to win that game. Yeah. But you're right. We did that. And, you know, it's uh, – it's like you say, you got to make adjustments, you mm-hmm. uh, know, and and that's what you can tell if your teams are getting better as the year goes on and on. Yeah. And that that still lays a lot
0: on a kid. I yeah. mean, we all coaches teach a lot of stuff, but will that kid really take it in? That's a key item. Mm-hmm. So let, let's talk about younger player development, maybe down into middle school or, or before. Or just well, one thing, I like to say, I'm, I'm not only my coach, I'm also raising a
1: son, and 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 being a coach and sitting to see things from a different perspective. But I think what, as being a parent has helped me be a coach too. Because, you know, I, I want I'm, – I'm different you coaching my son. I, Dax, you coach my son, hey, give it to him. He'll be fine. But I try to – I don't want anybody – I wouldn't try to coach a kid the wrong way and, and belittle a kid. I mean, some coaches used to be a pretty a lot different now. I mean, we used to meet them and, buddy, you were letting them have it and the whole stands were seeing it. Those times have changed. You know, if I'm really mad, it's usually I'm now – I'm going to lean down by your ear and I'm going to – let me tell you something take care of the ball and quit just being worried about your own points or something you know times have changed about that but the development too with kids coming through i think we everything's like it's society we want it right then right now and uh basketball and sports are not that way and uh, I've, i i kind of kid about some of you know I, I was never very rich or anything growing up and maybe that's why some of these schools like carline m some of those kids that's all they got some kids are used to just – and parents too are used to on a credit card down and getting what they want. You know, it don't work that way in sports. You can lay the credit card all you want. When you go to the batter's box, you just got to hit the ball. Now, don't get me wrong, the credit card can buy you more hitting lessons, but if you don't work hard at them, it doesn't matter. Same thing, it can send you to basketball camp. I, I've seen parents, they'll send kids to camps all over – and their kid comes back, they're, just, they're the same way. But yeah. parents have to realize, too, it's not just about going doing something. It's about how you do it. Mm-hmm. And and the techniques, and, and like shooting is a big thing with me right now because I wasn't a great shooter. And you were. Mm-hmm. So you understand, too. And I tell those parents and even our younger kids, get the correct form as a young kid. It's almost impossible for me as a high school coach to break a habit as a freshman create a new habit, and you be good. Mm -hmm. Oh, you might make a kid that's a bad shooter into one that will still make one that you may have to guard. Most kids that got good form, they end up being
0: better shooters than these kids that you're having to try to fix. You know, Barn. let me interrupt you real quick. You did mention that I was a good shooter, and I was. However, um, the thing that I didn't like was the defense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, what's the point, really? (laughs) (laughs) No, let me – Talk about – you just mentioned uh, someone that we both knew, Jason Hannigan. Talk about what you, you told us about him as a, a middle school player.
1: I remember Hannigan was like a couple years older than me. He actually played with, on the same team with my brother. Jason, I remember, is eighth grader. He wasn't very good. I always sat at the end of the bench, because middle school games, I, I, was, I was actually a sixth grader. I played on a seventh grade team, so I was there. And, and Jason and I were buddies or whatever. And my brother were really close. Well, Jason could sh- – had good form. He just didn't go in. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time Jason was a freshman, he was still just okay. He just kept battling through it. Most parents by that time, you're not getting to play. You might as well quit, move on to something else. Well, Jason stuck in there. Well, about his sophomore year, well, that shot started falling more. But he always had good form. Mm -hmm. Well, by the time his junior year, he could really shoot it. And by the time he was a senior, I remember him dropping almost 30 Thirty-five or thirty-seven on Tillman, and that was before the three-point line. He was shooting from the hash mark a lot of nights.
0: And Tillman was just full of Division One athletes oh, in many yeah. sports. Donald Tillman and all ball. that
1: bunch. Yeah, oh, they gosh, were loaded yeah. them years. And but you know, then Hannigan goes on and signs to play college back end up being all-purpose player, signed at Berea, and he could score. And it was all dealing with because he had good form. And eventually, mm-hmm. that came. And right now, if you go out and shoot the ball the right way, a kid. Probably not going to go in, and the other thing is you're not going to be shooting any three pointers. Mm-hmm. No kid is probably strong enough to shoot the ball one
0: handed from 18 to 19 feet. Let, let me, yeah, let me jump in on that. That is a, a huge pet peeve of mine because you know I, I was a shooter. That was kind of my my deal, and I've talked to my son about it. As I explained to him, we didn't have the three pointer until we were juniors, and I never really shot outside of about 10 feet at any point prior to my junior year. And, and I think, and I think you'll agree with me here. The key is uh, start shooting close to the basket, get your form correct, and then move your way out. Right. When you when you can shoot at that level, or the right. your strength, when your strength up, catches up yeah. with where you are at as a shooter, right. do you agree? Well, with
1: everybody understands you, you shoot a basketball with one hand. You don't shoot it with two. So if you if you ever get to thinking your son is ready to shoot three pointers, take him to three point line, put a ball in one hand, tell him to shoot it, and see how hard he has to chunk it. If he's still having to chunk it. That means he's having to use his other hand now to get it off, so mm-hmm. yeah. they're able to scoot in. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I tell you, I heard a story one time at, and uh, about Travis Ford, and they said his daddy wouldn't let him shoot on, until he was in sixth grade. He wasn't allowed to shoot on a 10-foot goal. Really? And you think about it. And I, it's the first thing I did with mine, and my son's still not a good shooter yet, because I don't know if he ever will. He <laughs> may have to be in my genes. But uh, I, I kept a goal in the house, and it's probably – maybe five-and-a-half, six-foot in the garage, and that's all he shot on while he was, you know, K through fourth grade. And he just out there, he kept it in the garage, so when it was bad, he got there and shoot it. And we do. We still keep our goal low now. I mean, he still plays on 10-foot goals because they – bottom line is AAU tournaments on the weekend they're not going to change that goal up and down they're yeah. just not going to do it so they just leave it up and every first grader through sixth grade plays on 10 mm-hmm. foot goal yeah. but that's
0: all about money and that's mm-hmm. where we're running into a lot of issues too that's one thing that comes up a lot with parents and I know one thing I've had to grapple with that we never dealt with was was AAU teams at young ages you know these these weekend tournaments, and I'm and I'm not asking you to bash them, but but just kind of give us your thoughts on what well, you think about the amount of ball that kids are playing at younger ages, maybe versus practice. Right.
1: Well, one thing is different is I think um, when I was growing up, when and, and we were in Carlisle, and we were taking, as I said before, three, six, and twelve, and it depended on which way the wind was blowing whether you got channel three or not. <laughs> so there was no need to go home and watch TV. So what did you do? We all went and found just pickup games. And one of the f- best things somebody at Carlock could do is you created your own breakaway rims. You, I mean, we could do it. And you'd have, we'd have places that maybe eight-foot goals on both ends, and I'm telling you, you, would play until dark. I mean, some people say, oh, I don't shoot on a small goal. But you talk about making you aggressive when you're trying to attack. Well, if you can duck on your buddy, hey, you, you talk about that all day the next day of school. But we played so much more. Mm-hmm. Now kids don't play as much. They really don't. Now, they'll do workouts if you make them. They just don't play as much as we used to because there's just other things to do. That's a big pet peeve of mine. And the other big thing is, yeah, I'm fine with AAU basketball. I'm fine with travel basketball, but let's practice too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's let's don't play five games on Saturday. And only practice one day a week. Yeah, play, sometimes
0: fi- play five games on Saturday and see you next week when we'll play five more games on right, Saturday. Right. Yeah.
1: Because right. in high school, we practice five days and we might play one. <laughs> yeah. <that's
0: a> good <laughs> and
1: point. then people who don't want to practice, this is boring, this ain't fun, you've made me shoot 25 jumpers going to my right, 25 going to my left. I'd rather just go up here and play with the running clock and and that's it. Mm-hmm. that I don't like. Yeah. I don't like uh, some other stuff goes on with the AAU where if you're not happy with this team, you don't get to shoot them much. Well, somebody else will just pick you up next week, and he'll cater to you. Yeah. Or then somebody else cater to you. No, you do what your coach says, and you learn to deal with adversity instead of going from team to team. Mm-hmm. And that's where you see so much more of these kids now hopping from school to school because
0: they don't get to do what they want to do. Yeah, yeah I think that's a great point. You know, Chris Hicks the other night made a statement, and, and he referred uh, to something that I had uh, heard years ago about Bobby Knight you can say what you want about what's happened with Bobby, but Bobby used to make the statement that he wanted his practices to be harder than any game they ever played in. And yeah. so that the games were easy. And, and Chris pointed that out. That's how he coached baseball at Reedland, uh, mm. on that mindset. Is that something you've heard or, th- Yeah, about? you
1: know, we talk about that. The only problem we run into it towards the end of the year, we have to start backing down on our practice. You lose your legs yeah. and, and kids, uh, and you just don't have that fire. And, and I still think that goes back to our society when, I just I just want to go home and watch TV. I want to go run around with my friends. I've got a new car, and my, you know, and uh, just different things. Where that basketball game on Friday night used to be, that was the it. I mean, that was the Taj Mahal of everything. In Carlisle County on a Friday night, people who played from five years ago still came back. Parents whose kids graduated still come back. That's probably one of the bigger things I do see different, even in Heath, closer to the city. Friday night, do you still go back to the old high school game and watch the game, or do you go watch a movie? Yeah. And you just didn't see those kids after they graduated, or their parents, they never came back to bring me a game. Well, some still do. I mean, you'll still see very few. But those same parents, when their kids were playing, never missed a game. I mean, they didn't come to JV games, and their kids were varsity players. As soon as your kid graduates, they're done. Yeah. At hey, Carlisle, you go back, and I can go to Carlisle now, and, and I'll be like, hey, what's up? He, he, he only have a kid in the school, and he's there. Yeah. The, and... It's probably getting less and less like it used to but even when I played in high school everybody knew there was a game on Friday night people who played five years before the, you were a senior were still coming back and watching what's the best part about being a coach the relationships you make with kids I, I don't think that's a question you know I unfortunately I lost a good one a few days ago and, and it's, it's just it just wears you down I mean just you just can't but those kids you get to know them. Uh, and I tell you, the coolest thing, I, I still say the coolest thing I ever did is, I, is when a kid's gone off somewhere, you just get a phone call from them. Mm-hmm. Hey, coach, what's going on? Or get a text. My wife gets mad at me. I'll tell you, you're always on the phone. I well, Andrew Barrett just called me and he's in Lexington and he just wanted to say hi. And, he, and, I, and I, you know, it's just that relationship you make with those kids that, you know, it just lasts a lifetime. And I always tell a lot of my kids, you know, now uh, Jason Armstrong was such a special kid to me this year. I mean, just an outstanding individual. He just graduated, just this tough-nosed, hard-nosed kid. And after we got beat and he was – pour up about it a little bit. I said, well, you know what's cool now, Jason, is? He said, what, Coach? He said, you don't have to call me coaching more. You just call me your friend. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the part I really like. Those guys, you just get to know them so well. You learn a lot about kids in a locker room. Yeah, You learn a lot about people when things aren't going their way. That's what makes athletics, I think, mm-hmm. more special than most anything else you do. You learn about people when things aren't going well.
0: It's, in essence, for a lot of people, it's a second family. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I, I've noticed, you know, talking about we spoke about jeff jackson which is the most i've spoken about jeff jackson in years uh i hadn't seen jeff jackson in years uh and i was at hoop fest in marshall county uh this year and uh, one of my friends said hey you know that guy sitting in the stands over there by himself I mean, it was at a distance, I love as Jeff Jackson, yeah, and so I went and spoke to him, and I had my son with me you know and and the first thing Jeff did was give me a hug, yeah. you know and we we had fought wars together and then and then sees my son and and proceeds without prompting to tell my son about me, you know he says <laughs> he says, hey, you know he said, uh you look just like your dad, your dad was a fine man and, and you know and, and you know you you feel great about that because you know I haven't seen this guy in twenty plus years. And, you know, it's just like we've reconnected. And, you know, yeah. even Hatcher, when I see Hatcher, same way, yeah. Doc Heidegger and, and so, you know, as a man who's still relatively young in your coaching yeah. career, I, I think that'll even be more. Chris Hicks said the exact same thing. He said, when I see my old players and they come up to me, yeah. he said it's just great.
1: you ever feel like sometimes like when people see your son, they already put that pressure on him? Yeah. Uh, I feel for my son some days. I, uh, he's, he, he tries hard, and I watch him, and people – I mean, there was people asking him to play travel baseball never watched him play. And they go – well, you know, or you as good as your daddy or something like that? And I'm like, well, not yet. I mean, he, he just, I mm-hmm. mean, his hand quickness wasn't yeah. there yet. And he's a little bigger than I was, so he's not mm-hmm. coordinated. And it's just sometimes I look at him, and even when I watch him play basketball, if he makes a mistake, it seems like it's it's more on him because, well, my dad's a head coach. I'm supposed to be good. Mm-hmm. And I, I just see sometimes, you know, I, I, I try to tell parents all the time, when your kid gets into, if he didn't play well, don't even mention a game. My son's super smart. He makes great grades. Well, hey, you make all A's again this week, didn't you? And we we don't talk about basketball. Yeah. I don't even want to. I don't want to talk about it. We're in a truck, but people don't realize how much pressure they put on these kids. And what I try to tell them is sometimes they're not. Um, kids aren't frustrated because they played bad. But let's be real. Every kid wants to look at their dad and go. I'm living up to his expectation. Some kids, I just look at them and I know because I hear their parents are just frustrated. They're like, why ain't he playing more? Why why don't he get to shoot more? The kids know more. And then when that kid makes a mistake, all that kid's hearing from dad is, why ain't you playing more? I don't understand why the coach don't do this. All they're hearing is, I'm not living up to my dad's expectations. Yeah. And parents don't realize what they do to these kids when they do that. Yeah, they can bash the coach all they want. They can bash other players all they want. But at the end of the day, all these people aren't wrong. Maybe the son's just not good enough. And the problem is that kid may be just hearing that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I
1: said, there's nothing worse than looking at a kid and just thinking, I am not living up to my expectations. Oh,
0: you, man. Set
1: your expectations low for your kids, enjoy every second. I'll tell a story about Tillman Burnett, and uh, I had Jared. Jared was a good player. I mean, he ended up scoring 1,500 points, and Tillman to this. Tillman was one of the worst people in the stands to ever did. <laughs> and When I was watching him in the stands, I thought, goodness gracious. Till-. Referees didn't like him, but uh, Tillman gets so fired up. Yeah. So when I took Jared in, Jared was a really good player at Reeling. And I said, you know, Tillman, I said, why don't you get a bag of popcorn and a Coke? Go around and watch your healthy kid play basketball. but yeah. weren't about anything else. And you know what? He came up to me at the end of the year and he said, This has been the most enjoyable year. Not because we won the regional and Jared's all percher. He said, I just I just I just took that advice and just just be be glad your kids healthy enough to play. There's so many kids out there that'll never have the opportunity to step on a varsity basketball court, mm-hmm. make a varsity team. They're just born the way they couldn't play.
0: Kids healthy enough to play, be happy. Be happy he's got the opportunity to just go out there and be a part of it. And you know, Berlin, one thing Doc Heidegger said that I, I really considered and thought about is he said, you know, the kids know where they stand with each other. Yes. They know the pecking order. They know why they're not playing. They they know why they're playing. And and he said, you know, work it out. And that's one thing he talked about is the parents really just need to back off because the kids know. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids know why they are or aren't right. playing. Because that's your job as a coach to let them know why they're not playing. You know, I remember uh Hatcher benched me one time. Um, over not playing defense, uh, yeah. crazily enough. <laughs> and um, and so, you know, I was ready to quit. And, you know, my dad come and talked to me, and we've talked about this before, but, you know, he asked me why I wasn't getting to play or why I thought I wasn't getting to play, and I told him why I wasn't getting to play. And it was, you know, he said, hey, well, then I guess you need to do that or quit. Right. And so I said, well, I guess I'll have to go play a little defense. And, yeah. and you know, I finally got back in the play. rotation. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Because the worst thing Allen could have done to you, and I've got to watch the – it's continue to play you when you don't guard nobody, and then what you done? Exactly, you, you, you're a part of the problem, yeah. not part of the solution. So as a coach, we we've got to do those things. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you just you hit it on the head. Is sometimes we just need to let the kids be kids. Yeah. and uh, we we do a lot in the fall mm-hmm. about letting kids pick teams. Yeah, and just let them pick. I'll mm-hmm. uh, take three point guards. We got 15 people. I'll let pick a player. Kind of gets the kid to kind of an idea of where they stand. So mm-hmm. it's not just a coach. Yeah. so um, parents don't understand that they just they don't get it and everybody
0: wants the best for their kid I yeah. mean that's obvious yeah that's a great that's a great point I hadn't even thought about on picking teams because the kids are going to pick they know oh
1: yeah winners yeah. stay up you, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey I'm going to tell you I've, I've seen it and it, we did it right when we first got at McCracken and it was so neat to see those kids after about three weeks of playing together we were still doing open gyms in that spring before we started that summer I little them pick hey Heath Lone O'Carilla, I don't care if we play with me or not, buddy. I'm I'm taking Cam Chumber. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, hey, I know we're buddies, but I'm taking Cam and if you're real for the second or third round, I might take you then. But I got court, I'm keeping court. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you will see some kids and they'll you know, they'll kinda of frustrate, I get better. Don't blame nobody. Get better.
0: Yeah, so, the peer pressure—that's yeah. oh, that's worth a lot. That's that's a really good point. That's you're the first one that's really raised that. I think mm-hmm. since we since we've been talking, that that's an awesome point. So, mm-hmm. well, I got some, I want to ask one more question. I know uh, about McCracken coming together. You know, uh, I wasn't around, or I guess I was a young child when Marshall consolidated, and my dad worked at Calvert City, and he he talked about. You know, there was a lot of before they really got together, there was a lot of, well, hey, that kid's from north, Marshall. This is why he's playing. That kid's yeah. from south. Have you run into that much at Reedland, You know, And I grew up in Reedland, so I, I know the territory. But, but have you seen that very much? No, and I think that had to do with um, – I mean, you probably could have if it wasn't for Jerry Burnett.
1: Mm-hmm. Jerry's one of the best players. He's Reedland. Yeah. And then Cam was my point guard. He was from Lono. Mm-hmm. And then we had – Bryce and Jason are post players, and they were from Heath and, and the Stone Cyber kids, me, and then Sergio Vega was from Love. It just kind of worked out like yeah. that where it didn't really matter. And yeah. I think Ralph would said it doesn't matter. I, I really put a lot of emphasis. I think the Rieland area is a, uh, the area we need to make certain we stay focused on because that's an area that we can get good players from. I mean, one of our up-and-coming best players is from a Rieland area. I mean, he's a good little
0: point guard. So, Can I interrupt you one second on that? Yeah. It's obvious that good players can come from Reedland, as I was a Reedland kid who made All-State Tournament team in 1989. So, obviously, Reedland does produce good ball players. Oh, yes. but go on. Yeah.
1: But, uh, I, I, you know, I don't think we've seen that as much, you know. I know the football program had struggled with Reedland and, and the Lone Oak was so far ahead. So, I mean, I think there was some attitude there for a little while. You had to be from Lone Oak. I mean, people are going to talk. People are going to find – so there's a conspiracy why my son's not playing. It's not because he's not good. It's a conspiracy. And I have to tell people, there's no conspiracy. Trust yeah. me. We could care less as coaches. Yeah. Where you're from, what your last name is, I don't really care. You
0: know, and it probably helps that Berlin Brower is from Carlisle County, right? That yeah. probably is I not all it, that I, bad a thing.
1: I think it was. And even though I, I coached the Heath, you know, I'm not from Heath. And mm-hmm. so I don't think that mattered. One of my assistants, and, you know, Andy Poor was from Lone Oak. Mm-hmm. I mean, or coached at Lone Oak and Shepherd was from Tillman and Roberts mm-hmm. was from Ballard. So it really didn't matter. I, I mean, mm-hmm. and I think after you have be been around me very long, you, I could really care what your address is. <laughs> as long <laughs> as you can play, you're going to play. Yeah. There, there's just not. And, and that's probably my advice. Advice to all parents too is there's not a conspiracy. Even if it's travel baseball, Mm -hmm. if this kid's a better pitcher, he's not going to say yeah, but I better let so and so pitch the championship. No, you don't. You want to win. If you didn't want to win and you wasn't competitive, you wouldn't be out there to begin with. So that's that's something I think kind of funny. But you'll hear it, and you next time you're around somebody griping. Listen to the conspiracy theory oh, oh, about yeah.
0: why they're not playing. Yeah. Yeah. That was the mm-hmm. thing when you, when uh, McCracken decided to consolidate, my dad said, you know, there'll, there'll be a period of that because it was the same thing at Marshall County, yeah. the same thing at Graves. You know, it's all, but eventually you do, it does get together. And, and, you know, I will give you a lot of credit uh, when I listened to uh, Mr. Condor who consolidated Marshall back in the day, which was really one of the first consolidated schools. You know, he talked about it. It took Marshall a long time to get on their feet. Uh, It took them, I guess, uh, they consolidated in 73, I believe. And they didn't win a regional until 84, you know, so it was 11 years. It took
1: Grays, what, 14, 15 years? I mean, they they consolidated in 86
0: I believe that's right, eighty five or eighty six. they the didn't
1: win one until, what? About ten years
0: later. Yeah, and oh, just yeah. to make a point, Berlin, they never beat me while I was at Marshall County. So oh, they never did. I never didn't know did. That. They uh-huh. got
1: close. Well, then, probably a lot of the games were at Marshall, and y'all probably shot a lot more free throw Yeah, than they
0: did. we we let mm-hmm. them we let them on into <laughs> a triple overtime <laughs> game. We let them on to a triple overtime game, and a left handed, you know, blind headed bomber, you know, sent it to overtime on a three pointer. Mm. But but I digress. Yeah, but,
1: but uh, that. That is something that big part of the consolidation, too, we talk about it, is that learning curve. Yeah. What we're battling now is who those kids were pretty good that first year we did that, but can you compete at a high level? A lot of average just makes you average in basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, now don't get me wrong, in football, if you've got a lot of average, that means you've got a lot of good average players. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you gotta have a lot of numbers. Basketball, you gonna stick five out there. Yeah. So average five average players just makes you an average team. If you got two six nines and a, a good point guard, you can have two guys out there that aren't very good. Oh, you're gonna be pretty good. Yeah.
0: So you don't have to have those numbers. <laughs> well, and respect. to even reiterate your point, if you think about it, you know the last undefeated team in the history of the state of Kentucky. Probably didn't have 50 people in the entire school, right. you know, Brewer's High School. All right, And it's oh, all it only takes it, five
1: good ones. Oh, you'll take Kentucky sometimes. They'll run across a Wichita State or something. I mean, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You're going to have to be pretty good at those guys. Yeah. So meet
0: them. Well, Berlin, uh, I think we've kind of come to the end here. And, uh, man, we really appreciate your time and, and enjoyed uh, you coming on. Uh takes a little while to get to you, but I'm really glad we did. Oh, yeah. Um, enjoyed you know, it. And, uh, and everything. And thanks a lot. Hey I man, I enjoyed it. Thanks, guys.